1: Star Wars 7x7, episode 1,152. So, Ryan Johnson has revealed that The Last Jedi has 12 wipe transitions. What does that actually mean, and what does it tell us about the movie? Well, I've got some answers for you. Punch it, Chewie. This is Todd Vanderheyden. I'm a national Canadian television anchor with CTV News and a syndicated radio host. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And if you're not familiar with the term wipe or wipe transition as far as movies go, well, you're definitely familiar with them when it comes to Star Wars. So here's the official definition. A wipe is a type of film transition where one shot replaces another by traveling from one side of the frame to another or with a special shape. All right, so is this jogging your memory right Like pretty much how every Star Wars movie, like at the end when it goes from the final scene to the credits, it has what's called an iris wipe and it can be slower or faster where it transitions via circle, right? Like there's a circle that either grows or shrinks and that's how it changes from one scene to the other. There's a diagonal wipe where you see one scene being filled in and the other being removed by a diagonal line that's coming across the screen. There's a barn door wipe where the two sides of the screen combine, you know, start moving toward the center until you have the new scene. There are all sorts of crazy ones. And George Lucas made very prolific use of them in the Star Wars movies. So Ryan Johnson, for a bit of fun, polled people on Twitter, asked what they thought was the Star Wars movie with the most wipe treatment. Transitions, was it Empire or the original Star Wars, aka A New Hope, or The Force Awakens? And Twitter pretty much nailed it. They said that Empire Strikes Back had the most wipe transitions of the three, and it did. And coming in second place was A New Hope in the voting and also in the actual number of wipe transitions. And The Force Awakens bringing up the rear with 14 wipe transitions. So just to give you an idea, in the beginning of The Force Awakens, We have, of course, the assault on Tawanl, right on that little village where the Church of the Force people are hanging out, including Lorsan Tekka. And from that, we have a number of different scenes, but we don't have a wipe transition. So we have a scene of the shuttles coming down to the surface, and you even cut to see the inside of them with the troopers inside. We have a very short scene of BB-8 making note of the ship's arrivals or, you know, oncoming arrival. And then we have a scene with Poe Dameron in Los Anteca, and BB-8 interrupts that scene. And then we have them coming out and seeing the ships arriving. We have all the chaos with the First Order subjugating everyone and rounding them up and shooting people left and right. We've got, you know, a scene of Poe Dameron trying to escape and then him shooting stormtroopers. We have the scene, of course, where Finn gets his helmet marked by his dying squadmate, all sorts of moments here and then even longer scenes like when kylo ren and laura santeca have their conversation when kylo ren and poe dameron have their conversation right so all of these little mini scenes in one big long sequence that lasts nine minutes and 32 seconds so from the moment the movie starts until we get our first wipe transition in the force awakens it's nine minutes and 32 seconds now, just to give you a comparative, if you think about the original Star Wars, a.k.a. A New Hope, put yourself in mind of the scene where Luke and Ben and R2 and 3PO come across the sand crawler that's been shot up by the stormtroopers, and Luke realizes, oh my gosh, they could have tracked them back to his house. So he hops in the land speeder and roars off, right? There's a wipe transition right there, and then it wipes to him speeding along in the desert, and then there's another wipe transition to show him arriving at his homestead. And finding it all burned. And then there's another wipe transition right away to the outside of the Death Star, and then it cuts into a scene really quick where Vader is going into Princess Leia's cell and saying, Now we'll discuss the location of your rebel base. And then they show, you know, the, the Death Star Trooper walking away down the corridor. And then it wipe transitions back to Tatooine and Luke arriving back at the Sandcrawler with Ben and saying, you know, there's nothing here for me now. Let's go. And so they leave and it wipe transitions to them speeding along in the desert again to another wipe transition where they're on the cliff overlooking Mos Eisley spaceport. To another wipe transition where they're heading into my slicely spaceport. This happens like bang, 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 bang. But like I said, and like Ryan Johnson said, it's not even the most in terms of the number of wipe transitions 31 for A New Hope, 42 for Empire. But those two still aren't the big winners. In fact, it turns out that The Phantom Menace has the most wipe transitions with 55, according to Ryan Johnson. So, in all of this, He decided to say, and this is how he was going to reveal it. He says, To my eternal shame, The Last Jedi is bringing up the rear with a measly 12, and that's two fewer than there were in The Force Awakens. So, what exactly does that mean for us in The Last Jedi? Well, I've got some thoughts on that after the break. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. slash TFA. Welcome back. So wipe transitions don't necessarily, like they're not the be all end all of things. For example, in The Force Awakens, right? When we have Finn on the Star Destroyer, or on the battle cruiser, excuse me, <laughs> he's contemplating what just happened on Tuano. There's a transition where it really isn't a wipe, but it's almost played like a wipe, because then it goes to a dark screen, and it's a cut. It really is a cut. And then there's something that opens and you see that it's a partition that Rey is sliding open when she's looking for a piece to scavenge out of that fallen Star Destroyer. So not exactly a wipe, but kind of a tricky little wipe. Anyway, and more of a cut. The point is, is that you can switch scenes without a wipe, but, but the way it's done in Star Wars, they generally don't switch major scenes or major sequences unless they use a wipe. And specifically, they don't use a wipe except for some very specific circumstances. For example, one to indicate a passage of time where something boring is happening, basically, right? Like, how long did it take Luke to drive to his house from the Sandcrawler, right? They didn't need to show the whole journey. Obviously, it wasn't, I can just run around the corner and see it, right? So they use it as a time transition situation. That's one way that they use it. Another way that they use it is to signify a change in venue or location. For example, when they do the wipe from being on the surface of Jakku to being in space above Jakku with the uh, the Kylo Ren's command shuttle and all the, um, troop transports when they're all going up to the finalizer, the battle cruiser. Or, for example, an empire, say, you know, you've got a scene on Dagobah, and then it will use a wipe transition when it switches to what's going on with the Falcon. So for The Last Jedi, that means, like The Force Awakens with just 14 wipe transitions, we're going to be spending longer times in specific locations and have longer sequences in those locations as compared to other Star Wars movies. So, to give you an example of what that could look like, one of the things that Ryan Johnson has said is that the First Order is going to come out fast and hard and really hit powerfully in the beginning of the movie. We know that they know where the resistance base is and that Princess Leia or General Leia, excuse me, one of her first jobs has to be getting that base evacuated. We also know based on the reveal last week on the Star Wars show that the First Order has this new ship called the Dreadnought that has orbital cannons that drop out from the bottom of the sucker. So you can see how this would work with The Last Jedi, right? They say that it picks up right after where The Force Awakens ended, but if you think about every single Star Wars movie so far, every saga movie, right? And, I mean, even Rogue One did this too. Every movie featured some scene in space before it ever got onto the surface of a planet, right? So, A New Hope, of course, the Devastator chasing the v 4 with Empire, the launch of the probe droids with Return of the Jedi, the shuttle heading for the new Death Star with Phantom Menace, the uh, Corvette with Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan heading to the Trade Federation ship, right, with Attack of the Clones oh my gosh, Uh, it was Padme's ship heading to Coruscant, right? And in uh, Revenge of the Sith, it was the big space battle over Coruscant. And then in The Force Awakens, it was, of course, as I said earlier, the troop transports coming off the the, uh, finalizer. So all of these things happen in space. And there's no reason for us to be going to Act 2, at the beginning of The Last Jedi because there shouldn't be anything arriving from space right at the point that Rey is offering the lightsaber to Luke. So my bet is that we are going to be heading straight to Dakar for the very first scene of The Last Jedi. And so looking at The Force Awakens as a rough guide, we'll say 10 minutes. We'll say the first 10 minutes of The Last Jedi are going to be all about the evacuation of Dakar and how many members of the Resistance are going to be able to survive the assault by the First Order as they try to crush the Resistance once and for all. And then it will do its first wipe transition to Act 2 where Rey and Luke are and that's when we will get to hear Luke's first dialogue in The Last Jedi. And just for the heck of it, I'll hedge my bets a little and say that there could be one shorter scene that takes place before the evacuation of Dakar and the assault on Dakar. And that would be the arrival of Kylo Ren into the presence of Supreme Leader Snoke and whatever initial dialogue happens between them. If that happens first, it will be a short and sweet situation. I'm thinking short and sweet in the same way that, say, for example, in Return of the Jedi, the scene with Vader and Moff ger was very short and sweet. So that right there is about as far as I feel comfortable predicting for the events of The Last Jedi. And I'd like to hear your thoughts too, so please do share your comments on how you think the movie is going to begin at the blog post for the show's episode at SW7x7.com. That is going to do it for today's episode. Thank you very much for playing with me on a longer episode here. It felt like I needed a little more space to share my thoughts on this with you so thank you very much for that and as usual thank you for listening and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be this is todd Vander hayden i'm a national canadian television anchor with ctv news and a syndicated radio host and you're listening to star wars 7x7 the only daily star wars podcast This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and/or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.
0: Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durban Marshall Credit Card Bill would